Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from the tech and business world and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today, we have Cassidy Williams from Netlify, though she's done a lot of other really impressive, really interesting things that I'm probably not going to ask her about. Cassidy, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love that intro. Yay. (laughs) Well, I'm really excited that you're here. Are you ready to dive in? I am ready. This episode is brought to you by WorkLife, the first venture capital firm designed for a new era where work is more creative and anyone can start something, where life is more flexible and not tied to an office, where everyone is a triple threat. Discover the latest tools to start your own business from, well, anywhere, like Tahoe, Tulum, or, you know, the spare room at your parents' house. I don't know, that's just an example. Whether it's a jewelry line, merch shop, or a podcast, WorkLife has backed tools for you, yes, you, to start a business without ever writing a line of code, unless you really want to, and then by all means, they've got you covered on that too. Sign up for the WorkLife newsletter for interviews with creators and updates on new tools for your work life at worklife.vc. Fantastic. Okay, so some quick context on Cassidy's professional life. Cassidy is a principal developer experience engineer at Netlify. She's also worked for CodePen, Amazon, and Venmo, and alongside various nonprofits, including Seekeys and HackerFund as their director of outreach. Cassidy's active in the developer community and one of Glamour Magazine's 35 Women Under 35 Changing the Tech Industry and LinkedIn's Top Professionals 35 and Under. As an avid speaker, Cassidy has participated in several events, including the Grace Hopper Celebration for Women in Computing, TEDx, the United Nations, and dozens of other technical events. She wants to inspire generations of STEM students to be the best they can be. She loves mechanical keyboards and karaoke. Cassidy, I'm so happy to talk to you today. Yay! Yeah. (laughs) So I was just telling you that I took a large sip of coffee and you said you've been mostly on a tea binge. Are you drinking tea right now? Not in front of me right now, but that's because I've had too much. And so I need to get off the (laughs) the caffeine high a little bit. We reached the limit. We reached the limit. Yeah. 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 I've been, I've been kind of just gathering various teas whenever people are like, Oh, this one is good. I'll just order a bunch of it. And it's been, it's been great. Cause normally if I'm not in some kind of pandemic. I'm, I'm typically going out to cafes and trying things everywhere except for my own home. And yes, so it's been me fun. Too. Yeah. And so it's been fun to order things and actually use what I have in my own house and, and make my own nice drinks. Absolutely. I tend to buy like bags of coffee beans from places that I go because then when I am at home making coffee, it's like, oh, remember that trip to Boston? Wasn't that nice? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had a I had a bunch of tea that I got in Ireland back in February, right before everything happened. And I was drinking it. I was just like, man, I was just there, kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. It was really sad when I used my last batch of coffee beans from Hawaii because every oh. time I used them, I was like, still drinking this. It couldn't have been that long ago. Still drinking the coffee. And then it yep. was like, oh. Yeah, that's ended. That was sad. Well, it was fun while we had it. (laughs) It was certainly fun while it lasted. Okay, so Cassidy, question for you. Work is done for the day and you close your computer, then what? Oh man, closing my computer? What's that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your computer eventually dies or runs out of battery and then what do you do? Yeah, well, and it kind of varies depending on, on, you know, the mood of the day, if I'd had a lot of meetings or if I'd had a heavy coding day or something. Because if I didn't have a heavy coding day and I'm kind of in the mood to do something, I'll work on a side project of some kind. Cause I really do like building some of those outside of tech things. My husband and I were both musicians. And so, uh, sometimes oh. we'll just close the, close the computers and stuff and we'll actually play things. What do you play? A few different things actually. Um, so right next to me, actually, I have my trumpet, okay. which is not necessarily a good thing to play in the evenings, um, no. <laughs> in an apartment, but I still do anyway, sometimes. Sure. We also, we have some guitars, ukuleles. My husband plays piano and violin. Um, I've got low brass as well. Low brass? Yeah, it's like euphonium baritone. Oh, wow. That is how I know you're really into music because low brass is not a term I have ever heard before. Oh, yeah. No, whenever I say euphonium, people are like, euphono what? I I kind of shorten it to that to just you know, not have to answer so many questions, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really fun to be able to do that outside of work and and get our yayas out. And typically when we are more able to go outside and stuff, we were actually a part of the Seattle video game orchestra. And so we went and joined this group and we would play like Zelda music and Mario music and stuff around the city. Yeah. And it was a blast. 
That sounds so fun. You would play it outside? Yeah, we would go to all kinds of different gigs. We would sometimes do it like at anime conventions and at video game conferences and stuff. I and love it, that. It was so fun. Yeah. Especially because we, there was a choir that joined us sometimes too. And so like there was one time where we were playing Skyrim music and all the choir did was make just like fighting noises and be like, <gasps> while we were playing the music. That's incredible. It was so fun. Wow. I'm assuming you've played some music from Ocarina of Time then. Oh yes. That was in the queue. Of course. I wrote a paper in college on the music from Zelda and the Ocarina of Time. What? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it had something to do with the way they used minor keys versus major keys, depending on like where you were in the game oh, or like sure, what yeah. the songs meant, you know? Yeah. I really love that game. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, did you see the, speaking of the other things I do outside of work, I also sure. play video games. Mm-hmm. Um, I got so into Breath of the Wild. Really? So good. That's amazing. I saw the new one came out that's supposed to be like a prequel to that. And I'm really excited yes. to play that one. I'm also really excited to play the one that my friend recommended to me, which is um, some, it, maybe Link's Adventure. It's a little bit oh, more yeah. cartoony. Or Link's Awakening, maybe? Yeah, it was something that yeah. looked very sweet. You know, the way that the world's been going. I haven't really been able to invest in things that are not like very where everything's going to be okay. Do you know what I mean? Like right. I rewatched Parks and Rec again. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was really into Animal Crossing for a time. Incredibly wholesome things yeah. only. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that sounded nice. I was like, oh, he's animated. Yeah. That's been pretty much my exact thing too, where before I would love playing like Last of Us, the zombie game where you sure. attack things. You know, I don't think I can play Last of Us right now. You're like, is there a game where you get points for hugging? Yeah. I would love to just safely hug maybe a small woodland creature. That sounds great. Yeah. And so things like Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, those really nice, mm-hmm. wholesome games are great. I couldn't agree more. Speaking of animation, are you a stickers on your laptop person? I am, but I put a case on my laptop to put the stickers on because I used to put stickers on my laptop and it would be like my work laptop. But then when I would have to return it, if I were leaving a job, then I would lose my stickers. Totally sad. And so what I've started to do is I'll put a shell on my laptop and put stickers on that. And then when I have to give a computer back for whatever reason, I can display the shells in some way. That's brilliant. Less commitment too. Yeah. A friend of mine, he actually has done that for several years and he just has a wall of really cool stickers <gasps> from all of his shells and stuff. That was my total inspiration. It was so cool. That's sick. I've never been able to commit. I've never had a single sticker on any computer I've ever had. Yeah, I get it. For my personal stuff, the only stickers I've ever put on my laptops are I voted stickers. Okay. And, and I'm just like, yeah, this is a serious thing. But yeah, for all other things, put it on a case and then you can commit to it, but you can take it off for whatever reason. That is an incredible pro tip. Now I might consider it because otherwise I'm just like, oh God, what if I don't like it anymore? This is the reason I don't have any tattoos because this Same. is how I feel about tattoos. I'm always, I, I haven't gotten one. I am worried that I would just be tired of it and then I would regret it. And so I, I just, know. I just haven't done it. Me neither, but I'm getting closer. I, I think I'm getting ready to accept the idea of having something forever that I may not always want. I wonder if there's... No, this is dumb. I was just like, there could be a human version of the laptop shell where you can put it on there, but that... That is what a sticker is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I wish there was a way I could get a tattoo for three years, Mm -hmm. two to three years, because I'm pretty confident... Two to three years out, I can predict what I'm going to want tattoo-wise. Right. But I'm like, it's it's after that that I don't know. Yeah. Forever is a very long time. That could be the tagline of this company. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Cassidy, in addition to playing music, do you cook at all? I don't. I am a terrible no cooking. cook. Yeah. Me too. I, I got married and my husband does all the cooking and it's amazing. God, that is the dream. It is truly the dream. I saw that he liked to cook and I was I was done. I was sold. Yeah. Because it is so nice. He's cooking lunch right now. Are you serious? Yeah, it's great. What a treat. I know. I have right in front of me, I have some pork buns oh that he gave God. me as an appetizer. I love him. An appetizer? Yeah. An appetizer in the home? <laughs> Right? I know. I I don't mean to brag on my own husband, but the fact that he cooks for me is probably the biggest marriage perk I never thought I ever wanted. It's so great. I think that's great advice to everybody. People should hear that. Marry someone who's willing to cook for you. Is there a favorite cuisine of his that you really like? Oh, man. Well, he's Korean, and so he's very good at making Korean food. 
But honestly, he's very good at cooking and that is his main interest outside of work. He's also in tech and works at Microsoft. Mm. If he could stop working, he would open a food truck and just do that. And so he loves watching cooking videos, experimenting with cooking, and I get to reap the rewards. Oh my God, you're living the dream. (laughs) I truly am. I am very blessed. Korean food, really good. He's also really good at making Italian food. Okay. Um, Just any kind of experimentation. I kind of introduced him to Mediterranean cuisine because he'd never had like Greek food before and a lot of Spanish food before. Love Mediterranean. Yeah, that's my favorite. And so he's been experimenting with making it and that has been very fun. That's amazing. I love the idea that you can just be like, hey, have you you heard of this cuisine? I don't know. It just like came to mind that maybe you could, I don't know, just like try it out sometime. (laughs) Yeah. And then he'll be just like, yeah, maybe I should try it. I'm like, you you should just to learn. Wow. What a great idea you had. Awesome. Wow. That's great. Were you ever into cooking and then you gave up or it's just not been a big part of your life? It's, it's something that I usually did because I had to, because I was hungry. Not ever, not something that I ever did where I was just like, Oh, I am the chef of the week. Oh my God. And and honestly, before, before I met him, I worked at companies that fed me. And so I've just kind of been spoiled for many, many years now. And so uh, with those companies, because they provided lunch, All I really needed to do was make dinner for myself. And if I had a big enough lunch, then I would just eat leftovers or something. Totally. I totally relate to that, especially about companies feeding you. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's a major perk. And I'm sure there's like hundreds of thousands of developers out there and, and just tech people in general who just can't cook because they've been spoiled so much, but I think you're right. Yeah. A A friend of mine, she actually, she works at Google and she has never cooked for herself Ever. Never. And this pandemic was a rude awakening oh for boy. the poor thing. Yeah, because she was just like, I've never had to do this because she always either lived with family or worked at Google. Oh, sure. And so she's, <laughs> she's just never had to think about it. And so, oh, no. yeah, this is this has been a learning experience these past few months for her. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, I, I'm also bad at cooking, so I, I kind of I relate to all of this. I, I am... I, w- I was about to say I'm trying to get better. And then I realized that that's a lie. I don't really <laughs> care about being good at cooking. Yeah. I just do it to eat. It's like, okay, I must eat and thus I will cook. Exactly. That's my exact mentality. Like I, I was talking to my husband Joe the other day and, and I was just like, you know, if, if we weren't together, my fridge would look so different, not because I don't like the food that we have, but because it would all be just really short things that I can just put together, consume and be done. I would just be eating sandwiches all the time. And then occasionally pasta or ramen or something. Have you ever participated in any of the food-related tech-ish fads? Something like Soylent? I have tried Soylent. And I really really like the chai Soylent. Oh my God. I know. (laughs) I didn't even know there was a chai. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's it's got some caffeine in it. It's got a little bit of flavor. I I do admit I really liked that one. I I haven't had it in a long time because it's something that I would do when I was like on the go and stuff. But... I, I was an active participant in the chai Soylent for a very long time. This is really blowing my mind because I didn't know Soylent had flavors. I thought oh. it was just the main Soylent, which I've also never tried. But the idea that there's a chai Soylent makes me want to try it. It's pretty good and makes you want to chai it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I tea what you did there. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm not going to get in this because otherwise that'll be the entire <laughs> podcast. Because then that'll be the whole yeah, show. It's just constant. <laughs> the powder Soylent is terrible. And I I probably, there might be people out there who disagree with me, but Mm -hmm. I had it once and I was like, I will never do this again. But the ones that actually come as liquid and if you refrigerate them and if you have the flavors, they're, they're not bad. It basically tastes like some kind of flavored cereal milk or something. Okay. I like might try this. I'm I, I'm just curious. I'm not saying that I'm going to suddenly like bail on all other forms of sustenance, but I'm right. curious. Yeah, it's not something that I would only live on because I, mm-hmm. I just don't think I could and just sounds like a bathroom nightmare. But yeah. for the occasional <laughs> breakfast or something, it's pretty great. Wow. Okay, good to know. That is really a hot tip that I'm going to take with me. Are you watching any TV shows right now? I have been really into Korean dramas this, this Ooh, pandemic. Tell me more. Yeah. Well, because I love them because even when they get kind of like heavy and stuff, it's still a pretty wholesome genre, which okay. is really nice, which we've been talking about the whole wholesome thing. Sometimes they're very cheesy. You pretty much know exactly who's going to end up with who in the sure. first episode. But yeah. They have really cute outfits. It's fun to see the fashion and the culture and stuff. Um, But the shows are always 
so, so wholesome. And there's, there's all these really funny TikToks that are now coming into my feed about them where people are just like, oh, an American shows people sleep with each other on the first date. And you're just like, whatever. But then on the 16th episode of the Korean drama, they kiss for the first time <laughs> and your heart swells. And, and that sounds great. It's the slow burn. It's, okay. it's the slow okay. burn of the love and the adventure and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's a very fun genre. That sounds great. What American show is most similar to a Korean drama? Oh, dang. That is a good question. I'm trying to picture it. Is it, are we talking like the OC where it's hyper dramatic, almost soap opera-esque, but with a higher studio budget? So the, here's the main difference here. Korean dramas are always one season. They're, they rarely really? do more than one. Yeah. And so oh. you can get the whole story in like 16 episodes and then that's it. Cool. Yeah. Like a limited series. Right. Exactly. And so wow. that, that's where it's kind of different because you get your story and then you're kind of done with it. You don't have to wait like 10 seasons to finally see if they end up together or something. Wow. That's great. And I feel like that must ultimately make the content. Oh, God, I hate saying the word content without meaning to. Cassidy. <laughs> I really hate You're it. a content creator now. Oh, boy. <laughs> I feel like that must make the season in a lot of ways better because the writers are not reaching or having right. to please advertisers or having to keep listeners engaged. It's like one and done. Here's the story. Episode 16, they kiss the end. Do you speak any Korean if you watch these shows and your husband is Korean? I know some words. I was actually very proud of myself this week because my husband made this Korean noodle dish and I don't remember the name. Champong, I think. I don't know. Anyway, he made you this. You could tell me any name and I would say, yeah. <laughs> Sounds totally great. that definitely um and his mom texted asking about it in korean to to us and i recognized the name of the noodles and the name of the potato and i was able to be just like yes that is the correct potato wow and that is the that is the closest i'll probably ever get to fluent i'm pretty proud of you yeah i know the words for man potato sauna and blanket and a few very choice others. Yeah. So you could take quite a vacation to I know. Korea. Watch out. <laughs> well, man and potato are namja and kamja. And so you can be just like namja kamja for potato man. <laughs> and, and so that that's basically how I remember words is coming up with rhymes. I totally understand. And next time I need to refer to someone as a potato man, then you're going to be my first call. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Have you ever been known as the something person? So the like uh, math girl or something at camp, something like that? You know, I don't think I have until I started making silly videos on the internet. Oh, really? Yeah, because I in high school, I kind of stayed quiet under the radar as much as I could just because mm. high school kids suck you know? Mm, and yeah. and yeah, then yeah, yeah. in in college, I kind of started to come out of my shell a little bit more. And I, I was an active participant in things, but never anything where people were just like, ah, she's that blank girl of some sure, kind. It, sure. it was never anything like that. But then once I started making funny videos on the internet and people started paying attention to the stuff I did, I'm the funny person and the mechanical keyboard person. Nice. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just those. Whenever someone posts about keyboards, I get tagged in it. I'm just like, Hey, that's me. Uh, but that's, that's been about it. It hasn't been something that I'm used to really. Sure. Uh, mechanical keyboards seem dope. I've never typed on one. They are very dope. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool thing to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like A plus. That sounds great. I'm kind of cutting myself off because I will talk about this for hours. <laughs> I could see you holding back. You said, yes, they are dope. They are very <laughs> dope. I love keyboards. One of the nonprofits that that I used to be a part of, C Keys, um, we taught kids how to solder and electronics and stuff by making keyboards with them. That's awesome. And we ran the Seattle Mechanical Keyboard Meetup, which had three or 400 people come in every year to our wow. just giant keyboard meetup where we had cool talks. You could see what people's keyboard setups were like and stuff. And awesome. um, it's really fun to just build a tool that you actually get to use. It's basically like Legos, mm -hmm. but more practical. Absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. Well, how did you get into that? Truly, I just wanted to make my desk look cooler. That's how it started. And then honestly, I, I started that when I was living in New York and then I moved to Seattle a few mm -hmm. years ago. And I fell in so deep because Seattle is such a hobbyist city. It's so rainy and dreary all the time. People really get into their hobbies. Oh, and, sure. And so... When I was just like, oh, there might be people in this town who are also interested in keyboards. Boy, was I correct. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think of myself as into keyboards, but I'm, I barely scratched the surface compared to some of the folks there. And it was really great getting to know them. And it totally made me justify just so much money I have spent on keyboards, oh, but sure. it's, it's great. Cause I I'm able to build different keyboards for different moods, kind of like carrying a different purse wherever you, wherever yes. you're feeling it. That does make I, sense. Yeah. And so I have keyboards that I prefer for gaming, for typing emails, for relaxing and stuff. And so it's fun to have those, but also just to, it's like a craft that is very useful. Absolutely. Have you always been like a handy person? Do you fix stuff around the house? I come from a line of handy people where oh, really? like my grandpa was a carpenter. My dad, he flips houses with my mom and awesome. I, there's, there's always, I've, I've always been around tools. And so, mm-hmm. uh, it was, it's not necessarily fixing a house, but it's something where I get to, you know, build something and, and show yeah, it it's making something out of nothing with your hands. Yeah. Oh. Which is kind of a lost art in some ways. Yeah, it really is. And I feel like in, in tech, a lot of developers feel that way where they're just like, ah, mm. oh, yes, I'm coding. It's coming out of my brain. But being able to actually <laughs> feel the thing that you're making and hold the thing that you're making, it's so fun. Like I have a little notebook where I laser cut the case for it. And, and oh it's, my God, sick. It's so fun to just be like, yeah, you know what? It's literally just a rectangle of felt, but I made this and and it's fun. I completely understand that. Whenever I've made something that was non-digital, I'm like, look at this thing that I made everyone gaze upon it. it. (laughs) It really delights me. Like at a team building activity once, I made a spoon rest Mm -hmm. out of clay. Oh, cool. Because I needed a spoon rest and I thought, "Eh, time to shine. I'm going to make this spoon rest. And I just kind of like, I don't know, I intuited what it was supposed to look like. Then I made it. And every single time I've used that spoon rest, my satisfaction is 10 out of 10. No question. "Mm, I have this because I made it. Yeah. (laughs) With my hands. There's like a little flower decal. I'm just like, wow, this spoon is resting like a queen right now. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? something inconsequential that you insist (laughs) is true or that you're right about? I hate it. I hate it when people pronounce the T in the word often. Yes. I I loathe that. And that's Mm. something that I, I know thousands upon thousands, if not millions and millions of people do that, (laughs) but that is my tiny little hill. I love that. I loathe it. Where do you think that came from? So... This is so. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that to have an answer you knew the answer to. Oh, oh, I I have answered. Well, first of all, it was added to the dictionary because so many people were doing it. Originally, you weren't supposed to do that. It was supposed to be the word oft, and then when you add en, it's it gets rid of the t, kind of like with soften. It's the word soft. You add the en, and it's soften. You don't say soften. Right. And and it's the same thing with like Christmas. You don't say Christmas, it's Christmas right. because you, you yes. append that. And so it is correct to not pronounce the T, but it started to happen. It started to become common and thus it was added to the dictionary and people do that, but that's not what you should do. And I know that language can grow. I know it's something that people do and it's considered correct now, but I hate it. Wow. I never knew that. Yeah. That is a really, that I'm like shook. Yeah. That's my tiny hill. That's a, I'm like, what do I say? I'm worried I say often. Oh man. You might. I mean, a lot of people do. A lot of people do, but I will not. Let me think how often, how often? No, I think I do. I don't think I say the T. Nice. We can be friends. Okay. (laughs) Oh my God. That was really scary for a second there. Wow. That is fascinating. I mean, that happens with language. You know, language is meant to evolve. It's not supposed to just be this one staid thing, but I totally understand why it's irritating almost because it sounds more correct, but in an aggressive way. You know how people sometimes try to sound aggressively correct? Oh yeah. That is very much a thing where where people are just like, I'm going to use the word utilize instead and, and just <laughs> right. you know, try try to sound smarter and things. And and I get that. I get that. Yeah. And, and I, again, I know it's been added to the dictionary now. It is fine. Language evolved. <laughs> but again, it's my tiny hill. And I respect that hill so much. And I'm going to think of you every time I say often. Yes. Uh, which will be often, I'm sure. Yeah. Is there anything that your family did growing up that you thought was normal at the time, but then later realized was not something any other family did? Oh, dang. Let me think. 
There's nothing particularly weird that I can think of. Well, something I realized recently is that I grew up with both of my parents working for themselves for the most part. My dad, for the vast majority of my childhood and adolescence, my dad was a self-employed consultant who consulted for various businesses. And then my mom was a therapist and then later ran her own facility for women in recovery from drugs and alcohol addiction. So my whole life, I never really grew up with parents who went to the office. Mm-hmm. And so it never occurred to me that I would ever like go work in an office. And so then when I went into tech, which was such a weird startup-y, you know, uh, collegial environment in some ways, I was just like, yeah, this makes sense. But looking back, I was like, oh yeah, no one in my family has had a traditional office job. Huh. That's interesting. And now that now that you're saying that, I'm reminded of our earlier part of the conversation. I don't think I realized that people weren't handy until Mm. I was older because, Mm -hmm. because again, I come from a line of people who would build things and and do stuff. And we always had a wood shop in every house that we lived in growing up. And and that's, that's just always how it's been. And so whenever people were just like, ah, this thing is broken. I was just like, well, you use a screwdriver or get a drill or or a saw or something. Like I've, I've been introduced to those tools from when I was very, very young. And so I've always known how to use them and everything, but there are some people who are afraid to use them and and just don't touch that. And that I think really blew my mind when I realized it, that that Mm -hmm. was an unusual thing. I was just like, Oh, all dads are like that. Or all moms are willing to put in flooring or something. Does your handiness extend into, and I'm asking this because you also build keyboards. Does it extend into electrical components? Cause that's one area of handiness that I'm just like full on afraid to touch quite literally. Certain things. Yes. Like my parents, they're currently, uh, they're rehabbing a house from like the 1800s and I helped my dad wire up the house. Yeah. And so are you serious? Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, And true. It it wasn't that exciting. I truly just fed wires to where they were supposed to go and let him do the rest. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Like I I helped my in-laws. We installed a chandelier a few weeks ago and that's really hard. It's really just pushing wires together and putting the cap on. But if you don't know how to do it, then it does seem hard. But really, you yeah. can do that with a screwdriver. Wow. Yeah. How many people did you have holding it up? My friend recently installed a top ceiling lighting fixture and it was a whole thing. It was a very precarious process. For me. I, think, <laughs> I think there were two people holding it up and then two of us actually trying to hook everything up at the same time. It was a, it was a family affair trying to get it all together. That's not, I feel like that's a bonding moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was a very funny experience because they had been putting off hanging up the new chandelier for a long time. Cause they didn't want to hire someone to do it. And I was like, you know, I could do that. Right. And they're like, what? And so we did it. And, and now like they bring it up every time we call, they're just like, you know, the chandelier's looking good. Wow. You scored some serious points. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was something that they put off for years and it turned into such a funny scenarios. They were just like, we got this chandelier nine years ago and we just <gasps> had never put it up. And, and oh my God. Yeah, yeah. It was very funny, but Hey, we got it up. That's funny because I am currently living at my mom's house. <laughs> living. I don't... Who's... Li- am I living anywhere? It's really a who's We're to say. We're all nomads. <laughs> <laughs> I've been staying with my mom and she has just accepted that the ice maker on her fridge freezer doesn't work. You have to press it in so that the ice gets made and then you open it and then you put your paw in the ice bin and you paw the ice out. That's how she's been living for a year. And I was like, what's happening with this situation. And she's like, oh yeah, it doesn't work. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like, it might. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. So I don't know. I just one afternoon, I was kind of poking around, scoping it out. And I realized that it was just frozen. Yeah. The shoot where the ice is supposed to come out was just frozen. <laughs> so I just boiled some water, unfroze it. Now the ice machine works. <laughs> You're a genius. I was like, mom, you lived like this for a year. It took me 20 minutes. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, I guess I should have looked at it. I can't handle inconveniences like that. Yeah. I have to fix it. If it's something that I interact with every day, I got to just take care of it. And I think that's a sign of adulthood too, because mm. there was a while there where I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to deal with it because I got stuff to do, whatever mm-hmm. I'm studying. But the older I've gotten, the more I'm just like, if I just fix it, my life will be so much happier. Truly, truly. It's true. I think I started also as an adult hanging up my coat as soon as I got home for the yes. same reason. Exactly. <laughs> I put my keys in the same spot. Isn't it amazing? (laughs) It's nuts. 
Oh, what it a crazy life long. we live. I know. <laughs> right on the hook every time, but it really has saved me a ton of headaches. It, it too. genuinely does. I know where everything is suddenly. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there a fad, and this could be fashion, workout, cultural, whatever, um, that you participated in and now look back on that makes you a little cringy? Oh, probably so many. I mean, if I look at some very old Facebook posts and stuff, and it, it, that, that was like post MySpace, early Facebook days, yes. my old Facebook statuses, I'm just like, Cassidy, come on. Nobody cares. I relate. Yeah. And so, so some of those, I think that's the biggest thing that has made me like just straight up cringe. Do you remember if you posted statuses when it was mandatory for it to say Cassidy is yep. blank? Oh yeah. Because I think that led to a lot of my cringiest posts. Oh yeah. I I had such dumb ones where it was just like, is eating an avocado? Who cares? <laughs> Shut up. Nobody People need to know. Yeah. And then there was, there were times where it was really angsty too. And so it's just like, oh, is really disappointed in some people right now. Oh and I'm just gosh. like, oh my gosh, calm down. You're fine. That's amazing. Just, yeah. And the, when I think about that, it just makes me think of like my younger cousins and teens and stuff today mm-hmm. that social media is a part of their lives. Like this yeah. is, this is it. And so the, everything they post is going to be on. And luckily, like I was just old enough where Facebook was something that I joined like later in high school and stuff. So it didn't get like middle school angst or anything, but I can only imagine if all of my thoughts were digitized in like middle school, early high school and stuff, what that would have been like. In college, my friends found my live journal Uh and my Zanga. Mm -hmm. And I had to email Zanga or somebody and just be like, I don't know my password. I don't know my username, <laughs> but this needs to come off the internet. Please. Yeah, no, I definitely found my husband's Zanga and I copied as much as it as I could. <laughs> but sadly, I did not get enough. And oh, the poems oh, he wrote as an angsty teen. Wow. Delightful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Did you have AOL Instant Messenger? My parents wouldn't let me. So I, Are you serious? I got off the hook there. Yeah. Wow. At the time, it was oppressive. Now I'm like, thank goodness. <laughs> I feel like you probably had a much more productive like 4 to 8 p.m. life on the weeknights than I did because that was when I was aiming it up. Potentially, yeah. Well, I mean, I would still go over to friends and just talk from their accounts and stuff. So oh, okay. it, wasn't, it wasn't like I was just completely deprived of things. But I definitely, yeah, I wanted it then. And now I'm like, it's a very good thing that I wasn't on that. I will say, though, you did miss out on what I consider a very core experience to adolescents in our generation, which is the moment when you hear the door open sound, because as I'm sure you remember, that's when somebody would come online right. and you look to see if it's your crush and it is actually your crush signing Ooh. on. That moment, just like whew. I, oh, yeah, <laughs> feelings. So I, I'm sad for you that you didn't get to have that as often as I did. I was always falling in love with somebody, but what a that was, I know that sound. <laughs> yeah. Even if I hear it now, I'd be like, oh. Is he on? <laughs> wow, you should make that your ringtone or something. Yeah, you're right. No, I should, I should make it a text noise for yeah. when the person I have a crush on texts me or something. Perfect. <laughs> that would be so cute. <laughs> I love that. Um, wow, that is really funny to me. What are what are some things that make you laugh? Oh, so many things. I love laughing. But I really I love just dumb jokes, honestly, things that are really low hanging fruit. Sure. Just I it makes me laugh so hard because someone made the effort to make that joke because it was just sitting there. And I'm I'm often the one that makes that joke and I laugh at my own jokes, but just puns, dumb jokes, those those are the ones that make me laugh the hardest. And and the high level like like humor of TV shows and stuff. That's very funny too. But I, I just really love it when it's dumb humor that is very specific to one thing and makes like a clever twist. I I think that's so funny. Totally. Do you have a source that you go to for comedy? If you're like, oh, I really, I'm in the mood for something funny. Do you go to certain websites? Do you throw something specific on television? Is it TikTok? 30 Rock. 30 Rock yes! is so yes! good. Absolutely. I love 30 Rock so much. That like that shaped me as I was me watching too. it live. Like yes. I I love that show deeply. I was watching it last night. It is just an evergreen so funny show. It's perfect television and I can't remember. Have you lived in New York? Yes. Yeah. So, okay, I think that that also shapes the viewing experience of 30 Rock having lived in Absolutely. New York. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And, and just whenever I watch it, there's something that I didn't catch before. Yes, exactly. And they, they just snuck so much humor and so many jokes in there. And uh, I love it. Yeah. I, I think that that is my number one show. That is my absolute favorite show. And, and there are a bunch of other shows that are very funny as well. I really like watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Parks and Rec mm-hmm, is an easy too. one. I totally agree. That 30 Rock is one of my go-to, like, if my world is sort of falling apart, I will rewatch 30 Rock again. Absolutely. It's it's a, <laughs> just such a great, I can throw on an episode. I know I will laugh and have a good time. Yes. And I also know almost every line at this point. So there's no surprises. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching it with Joe last night and, and I was definitely just straight up quoting the whole thing. It was the Royal Juror episode. And so... Oh, well, I mean, the, come on. It's the Royal Juror. Exactly. Yeah. And so I know like the whole Barbara Walters part at the end oh, and everything. God. And and he was just like, you got to stop watching this show. And I was like, never. <laughs> never. It's so good. I will never. I will absolutely never stop watching that show. I've rewatched it so many times, but it brings me so much comfort and joy. Yeah. Yeah. It is a plus comedy. Absolutely. Do you know your Myers-Briggs type and do you care? Oh, you do. What is it? Yeah. It is INFJ. INFJ. So I'm ENFJ. Oh, hey, cousins. I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. For both of us. I, I, I like knowing Myers-Briggs for the do you care part. It's interesting to know because then I can get a high level guess of what a person might be like. I know a lot of Mm. people are just like, ah, it's inaccurate. It's all confirmation bias and stuff, but it is helpful because for example, if I know someone is more I or E, I know like where they get their energy from. If Mm -hmm. I know someone is more P or J, I know like, okay, there's, this is a list person. This is someone who, you know, doesn't care about that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. as much. Totally. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like the pencil drawing outline of the sketch, right? It's not filled in. You're not filling it in. You're not saying, oh, I know everything about you because I know these four letters. It's like, okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good, it's a good picture. And what's fascinating is a lot of the people who I really get along with are exact opposites. Like really, my husband is ESTP, complete opposite of what I am. Yeah. And, and so it, opposites attract, I guess it's, it's interesting to see how certain people get along, but the, I feel like a lot of the people that I get along with the most are the extroverted people, even though I am not mm-hmm. really one. And then, mm-hmm. uh, I feel, I think of myself as an outgoing introvert, but, eh. and yeah, it's, it's interesting to, it's interesting to see that kind of stuff. Totally. I know it's not supposed to change over time, but I would really like to take it again because I, I, took it like, I don't know, five or six years ago. I would just be curious. Yeah. I, you know, I, mine has changed a little bit in that I was in the eve, like in college and stuff, but then I mm. went back over to my eye roots. Yeah. I think yeah. it would be a big plot twist for me to turn up an eye, but I would still <laughs> be interested to see what the other letters were because I think I, yeah, I ENFJ is what I've always gotten when I've taken it, but I'm like, I don't know. It's been five or six years. Maybe we yeah. pop that bad boy open Saturday <laughs> night, baby. Taking yeah. the Myers-Briggs assessment. Um, what about Enneagrams? Have you ever done that one? I haven't. I Honestly, I think Myers-Briggs is the only one that I've done. That one and like the Pottermore quiz. <laughs> the big two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I always forget what the Enneagram one is. Like I know I've done it at one point, but I forgot it. And then I don't know what like my astrological sign is because I always mm-hmm. forget. Yeah. Astrological sign. So you don't know it. At all. I was born in December. Does that help? I, so I actually don't know anything about astrology is the thing, but I know mine, and I know my birthday, obviously, which is January 19th. But so you're, when in December are you? Beginning of December, December 6th. Okay. So then you are the one right before mine. Okay, great. (laughs) So whatever comes before Capricorn is you. Okay. Yeah. I, it's one of those things I know I should know it after all these years and stuff. I'm kind of surprised that you've gotten through life without someone telling you. I get told my astrological sign a lot. Apparently I'm on the border or something of a couple of them. Yeah, the cusp. And so I think that's why I keep forgetting because of that. I've also been told that the cusp doesn't matter and that it's BS. So, well, you know what? There you go. Who's to say? (laughs) (laughs) So I will do something, anything at all. And someone I don't know very well will go, what's your astrological sign? And I'll be like Capricorn and they'll go, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, that doesn't feel complimentary. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I see that a lot where people will be just like, that's a Pisces move. And I'm just like, is that bad? Right. Like, <laughs> no. 
<laughs> is Pisces maybe one of the ones that you are? I have no idea. You know what? I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, give it a Google. Because I do feel like if I'm going to ask somebody this question, I should at least be able to then tell them right. what it is. I'm a Sagittarius. Huge. Congrats. Yep. Look wow, out, what world. what a Sagittarius thing I'm to say. assertive and honest. Okay. There you go. Does that resonate? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it so much. Oh, that's amazing. Do you meditate? I do not. I think too much. Have you ever tried to meditate? I've tried and it just doesn't really go well. I always end up either just like praying or falling asleep. Mm. Are there any activities that you do that feel meditative, even if it's not meditation? Honestly, building keyboards and stuff and just, hmm. just building things in general because it's it's repetitive. There are a lot of keys on a keyboard. And so it's it's just a nice repetitive thing that I do. And same with any sort of building things that, that involves repetition. Yeah, I totally get that. I feel that way about if I have to like put something together, that whole activity is very right, soothing like to me. Ikea furniture or something. Oh God, yeah, 100%. <laughs> For me also, it's writing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... You know, I need to get more into writing. That's something that I used to do all the time. And now I'll occasionally write a blog post here and there, mm-hmm. but I haven't just sat down and written things for quite a while just because it's been busy. But I used to take like humor writing classes in New York. Oh, really? And yeah. I, I used to be really, really into it and would write short stories and stuff, but just haven't in a while. That's amazing. What um, What was the last short story you wrote about? Uh, you know, it was. I think it was a pun. Uh, yep. The whole story ended up with a pun. It was, that's that's what it was. You wrote a story where the payoff was a pun. Yes. I love that so much. Yeah. That's that's where a lot of my writing ends up going. <laughs> How many words was it? It was not it was not that long. I'm sure I actually have it down somewhere, but I I can tell you like the premise and the punchline. I talked about this island called Pango and uh it was a place where people could vacation and stuff. And there was a there was a cruise ship that was the only way to get to this island. And so I talked sure. about the features of the cruise ship, whatever, whatever, and how the main feature that people really loved about this whole journey was going to the bathroom on it. Okay. As you can imagine, it's about to be a poop joke. And so I, I went over to about the like luxury of the island and everything. And long story short, the boat's name was It Takes Poo to Pango. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. I'm sad that you're not writing and not putting more stuff like that out into the world. Pure gold. Yeah. And and I do sometimes, but it's, it's often just kind of for myself. And then sometimes I'll unleash it into the world and people will be like, what goes on in your head? But it is very fun to write stuff like that. I'm sure that it is. That's great. Oh man. Well, definitely let me know if you end up doing any more writing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Do you believe in ghosts? I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't know. It's, it's something that like the logical side of me is just like, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. But then there are times where I'm like, what if I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's one of those things where I'm just like, that'll be answered when I'm dead. And maybe maybe I'll be the ghost. (laughs) Do you ever feel like creeped out because you feel like a ghosty kind of a vibe? When I go into creepy areas, I'm just like, oh, dang. But I can't tell if it's because of a ghosty vibe or because like there could be a murderer in the shadows. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure where it comes from fully. What about scary movies? Are you a scary movie fan? I... I hate scary movies. Really? I cannot do it. Of all kinds? Yeah. I like, there are some where I, I've watched where I'm just like, ooh, that was a thrill. But <laughs> it's, it's kind of just stresses me out. My, I have such vivid dreams in the night where no matter what I do, that will affect what I dream about. And, yes. and so like, if I'm watching 30 Rock, I'm going to have a good time <laughs> when I'm sleeping. Great dream. Yeah. Very it, witty, witty dream. Exactly. It, and and it'll be spot on and fun. It might be weird, but it'll be fun. But sure. if I, if I'm playing a scary video game, if I'm watching mm-hmm. a scary movie or show that affects me, even things like Stranger Things, I, I loved oh, yeah. it, but man, the dreams that I had afterwards are really scary and stressful. 
Totally. Is there like one particular scary movie that you saw and then you were like, okay, I'm never watching a scary movie ever again? Or you just kind of have a feeling, you know, you don't like that. You don't like to feel scared. The Conjuring. Oh, really? Yeah, that, was, that came out. That was a while ago, yeah, right? Yeah, no, it was. And I, I watched it and I was like, you know, just n- I don't need this. No, thanks. I was definitely forced to watch it where uh, my sister loves scary movies and, and our friends oh, did okay. too. And, and we went to college together. And so everyone was like, yeah, we're going to watch a scary movie. And I was like, I refuse. And so the first time <laughs> we watched it, I literally just willed myself to sleep. I just closed my eyes and was just like, I'm going to, I'm just going to go to sleep during this. And it worked. Uh, That's amazing. But then the second time they're just like, you're not going to sleep. And they literally <gasps> propped up my head and was just like, you're going to watch this. No. And, like it was funny, but also mildly traumatic. Cause I did not want to watch that scary no. movie and ugh, just never again. I, that's really scary. Yeah. Although I will say get out was really good. I did. It was incredible. I enjoyed that one a ton. Mostly because it had such a satisfying ending. That was an amazing movie. And I, that was, that had so much thrill that like powered it forward. Right. That I wasn't as scared as other movies I've seen that were probably similarly scary, but that one just like the plot kept moving. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think that is very key. Because there, there are a lot of times where it, it, they, the, there's a buildup to like a cheap scare with a jump and right. stuff. And oh, that, I don't need that. I do weird stuff if I'm watching a movie where that's going to happen, where like I start, st- I stand up. I don't know why. I just stand up. I can't explain it. I same. There, there are times where I'm just like, no. And yeah, yeah. I, I'll have yeah. to stand up on the side and cross my arms or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. I watched uh, a movie with a couple friends at their apartment once and. They were both, they're married, both of them looking at their phones at the same time. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I'm not watching this alone. I'm yeah. sorry, but absolutely not. You have to be committed to this. You have to look at the screen because if I'm going to be scared, you're also going to be scared with me. I don't know why. It just made me feel like we were watching it all together. Yeah. Like I felt safer knowing they were also getting scared, but I felt less safe when they were looking at their phones. Right. I felt the same way. I watched Parasite with a bunch of friends and <gasps> and like that mm. one, it's not, a, it's not a scary movie, but oh, it is. So there's good. so many thrills. It was, it was an excellent movie, but there were scary scary parts. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I closed my eyes at parts. Oh yeah. No, there were parts where I screamed. I stood, covered my <laughs> eyes, all, all kinds of stuff. And it really helps to have a person there where I could just like grab them. And I remember my poor cousin was visiting and I was just like holding onto her shoulders, like what's going to happen. And then, <laughs> uh, it was, yes. I totally agree. It's a communal fright fest. <laughs> Exactly. It really does feel better if you know other people are there. Right. I could never, I've never in my life ever watched a scary movie by myself and I never will. Nope. Nope. Never will. There's no reason to. No. Life is short. Terrible. I'll be rewatching 30 Rock. Yeah, you can go watch whatever. The ball. Ring 8. I don't care. I will be over here watching 30 yeah, Rock again. Yeah. 30 Rock with some cookies. I'm, I'm having a great time. That's what all a I life, need. Frankly. Yeah. Who would want anything more than that? Exactly. You're listening to non-technical, but you may be super technical. You might love to code, even on evenings and weekends, but hey, you're still human, right? Worklife builds and backs low-code and no-code tools for people who can code. I mean, who doesn't love finding ways to make work easier and life a little less stressful? Worklife has backed Mux, WorkOS, Daily.co, Supabase, actually dozens of technical tools that power better video experiences, faster streaming, and new ways to build video games, websites, and more. Worklife backs technical teams building the future of media, entertainment, and, well, all types of events and experiences online. Sign up for updates at worklife.vc. So, Cassidy, we've come to a very exciting moment of non-technical, which is the classic lightning round. Are you ready? Ooh, I am. Okay. Coffee or tea? Tea. How do you take it? Do you do milk and tea? I do milk and tea if it's not like an herbal tea. Okay. And sugar. Full dairy milk, like a cow? No, I'm I'm one of those that does uh, skim milk. I have no problem with that. Still from a cow. Yeah, still from a cow. I mean, I have no problem with anyone. Do Everyone should do whatever they want, is how I feel about yeah, milk. I agree, but then, man, some people get offended when I say I do skim milk. It is, really? It is quite a thing. There are some very milk purists out there. They believe it should be whole milk? Yeah, and then if it's going to be less than whole milk, at least be 2% or something. 
Oh my God. Let everybody do whatever they want. I I, I truly, I don't care what kind of milk you include anywhere, frankly. Cashew milk for all I care. Milk with a Y, whatever you want. Oat milk, any of that. Anyway. Oat milk is delicious. I, I do it with skim milk. (laughs) great i'm and i'm and i support you and i'm happy for you thank you you're welcome uh ios or android ios forever and always no it's more (laughs) (laughs) i it's mostly out of convenience that i'm still on it i know that like it's one of those things where i'm like objectively i know android is better but there are so many apps and stuff that are iOS only that I like mm-hmm. that yeah. it's, it's keeping me on the platform and that's how they get you. Does your husband have an iPhone as well? He does not. Oh, wow. Yeah. <gasps> I know. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> it makes things weird sometimes, but it's I don't even know what we call that. Like an intertextual relationship. Like I that's like wild. That. That's very yeah. funny. <laughs> oh, thank you. I could tell how funny you thought it was. I laughed. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Um, Have you ever read a book twice? Yes. Which book? Oh, I've read so many books twice. I've read really many books multiple times. I oh, it's kind of similar where sometimes I have comfort books that I'll come mm-hmm. back to. Sometimes, um, like there's this one book called The Christmas Doll where I'll just read that at Christmas. It's a Aww. very nice little story that it's definitely meant for a younger audience, but it's yeah. a nice comfort story about a Christmas doll. It's very cute. Beautiful. And, uh, and you know, I reread like the Harry Potter books and a lot of mystery books and stuff. It's fun to go back and see what things I missed the first time around. Nice. Okay, cool. Do you have a pump up song? I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. Oh yeah. That's the go-to. I I love that song. If I'm listening to that, I like, I put up the standing desk. I'm ready to go. I love that song. That's awesome. Uh, And final question of the lighting round is what would you title your memoir? Oh, dang, this should be lightning, but I have no idea. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, I'll I'll title it. That could be a pun. Oh, I love that. Yeah. There's a pun in there somewhere. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) Exactly. Because, and, and honestly, yeah, the title should probably be a pun, but one of one of my rules for whenever I'm talking with someone is something could always end up being either a pun, a rhyme or a one-liner and, Mm. and going through life with that kind of mentality makes for very amusing things or sometimes I don't even say them out loud, but I can kind of laugh to myself because I'm like, that would be really funny if this were the time (laughs) and place to tell this joke. (laughs) I love that. Wow. That's great. It sounds like that would be great fodder for your next short story. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Cassidy, what a true delight and pleasure it's been having you on Non-Technical. Where can our listeners find find you? You can look up Cassidy Williams, but you'll find a Scooby-Doo character named Cassidy Williams. I'm the other one. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, which doesn't help because my username is Cassidy everywhere. Um, that was <laughs> unintentional. Um, but Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O on Twitter, on GitHub, on CodePen, on LinkedIn, all over the place. Not on Instagram because a teenager took that from me and I never got oh, it really? back. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. I tried. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, listeners, if you're so inspired, go ahead and toss an iTunes review at me. My strong preference is that it includes some tech lingo and or corpse speak, and I will read my most favorite one on the next episode. You can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram. Until we meet again. Cassidy, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yay. Bye.